When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is October 4th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. The Bruins begin real regular season action just over a week away, which is so exciting. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I'm so excited to do another year with you guys. We go through the highs together. We go through the lows. Uh, and I hope to provide some entertainment to you along the way, which is uh, what we're always aiming for uh, here uh, with Bruins Beat. And on today's episode, Connor Ryan and I get into the big question, which is, when will David Pasternak sign his contract extension? When is that going to take place? Uh, we also got into Mark McLaughlin pushing for more time. And it feels like nationally, the Bruins are getting some more recognition. So uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan. I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, as Petrov McGuire tweeted on uh, Monday, I think Sarah Griffin had tweeted something like, oh, you know, I saw these two old guys at Dunks and they turned around and said, I see you all here all the time. And they high five. So I talked about the Patriots and Petrov replied and said, that's like Evan and Connor before every podcast. So uh, maybe that was that was us before we started recording. We, we were in a Dunks and we turn around and we just did a whole podcast there. And so I said, Connor, you got to we got to wait for this and we got to you know do it here for the people. Listen, just guys being dudes. It's better than that, Evan. <laughs> Nothing beats that. Nobody beats that. Nobody beats that. Uh, anyways, anyways, uh, there's Bruin stuff to talk about, as there always is. Uh, and first on the list, this is something we haven't talked about in a few weeks, which was really the biggest storyline coming into training camp, but it has largely kind of been forgotten, I want to say. It, I, don't, I don't know if forgotten is the right word. It's still kind of kicking around. People are still thinking about it, but I think people are more focused on the lineup and those big questions, but uh, David Pasternak, as of right now, does not have a contract after this season. He's in need of one, an extension. And we kind of both surmised, hey, you know, probably for the better of the team, if they get something done in training camp, probably best for all involved. Uh, and again, it's October 4th. We're recording this October 3rd. So maybe something happens Monday night. I would imagine if they were to, break that news they would want to do it during the day they'd want to do it at a good time not like 
the Wisconsin uh, football team firing their coach. Kind of sneak that through. Midway through a Packers game. I don't think they'll be doing that with this. I think this will not be a Friday news dump like the injuries were this summer. Uh, but when do you think this happens? Well, if you're the Bruins, you hope it's pretty soon. You hope it's before the regular season opens, right? Like, I don't think that's changed at all in terms of what the Bruins are looking for here. And it's the fact that, sure, both Don Sweeney and David Posteronk have both said that they don't really look at the uh, the start of the regular season as a, a deadline or anything like that. But the last we know what's going to happen, Evan. We know we're going to get into November. The Bruins are going to be treading water at the start of the year based on the fact that they still don't have Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand, now Taylor Hall, who's week to week, uh, Matt Grizzlick, all these things. The Bruins are like, let's say they're 11 and 13 at the end of November. I don't want to write the, here's why the Bruins need to trade David Poster. Because you know that's going to like that's going to be a talking point if he's not signed yes. by that by that stage, um, if they don't have him in, in a you know, locked in long-term there. So for, for everyone's sake, both Pasternak and especially the Bruins, the last thing you want is to have this be a season long narrative and have it be something that's kind of weighing over you as you go through the various ups and downs that come with a, uh, a long 82 game season. So it's in everyone's best interest, especially the Bruins to sign him as soon as possible. Yes. And that's the biggest thing is that we, I, I like, if this doesn't get signed by the end of training camp, I know Sweeney had mentioned during the summer, he wasn't super worried if that was the case, but we'll be talking about that every week. I mean, that'll be a, a thing we talk about, you know, for five minutes or so. Like, hey, like, what's the deal here? And that's going to be, as you said, a topic that gets touched on down the road with the trading stuff because it's going to come up. You have to, you, you know, if if they are treading water and he's not signed by the deadline and it is unlikely that Bergeron and Krejci are uh, not coming back, you probably do have to deal him. You can't just lose yeah. him. Now, again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. This is not like a, this is not a uh, pertinent issue with trading him, obviously. But if it gets to that point, then yes. Now, I think it's, I think they're going to get him signed, uh, sealed, and delivered by the end of camp. I think it's coming soon. When I don't know, but I would imagine it would be in the next couple of weeks, at least before the season starts. Um, yeah. Because as we said, probably the best move here, which is why I think it. I mean, just my guess would be like this week or next, maybe, maybe it's like right before the season, you know, before the season starts like, Hey, by the way, we've got big news. I don't, cause I've been waiting for that. Everyone's been waiting for that. Um, do you think they're gonna have to give him any extra because he might, they don't really know what's going on down the middle in the future. I mean, I, I think that's probably the biggest hurdle. If you're looking at uh, what any trepidation from Pasternak in, in his camp might be, it's just the fact that listen, Pasternak's accomplished a lot individually so far in his time in Boston and there's a lot working in both parties' favor here. You know, Posturing loves playing in this market, loves Boston. A lot of good memories here. But if you're him, last thing you want to do is be a guy who's 28, 29 in the middle of your prime and your team's in this weird kind of transition stage where, you know, you're not signing long-term just for a chance to potentially be the 33-year-old veteran leader of, like, that next generation, right? Like, you want to win now. You want to be part of a team that can contend right now. So, I, I think for him, that's probably the biggest thing. And if you're the Bruins, you probably have to pay up a little bit just to maybe make that a little bit easier to digest. That's not to say the Bruins, I think, are, are overpaying him just for, to get him on board with the fact there could be some lean years ahead. They still, I don't think, we've talked about this before, that I don't imagine them being a team that's just going to blow it up and, and accept a rebuild. I think they're going to try to retool on the fly is kind of their overall mantra they want to target. But um 
we'll kind of see it, how it all plays out in terms of just, you know, further down the line, but just for this year. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be in a situation where when that deal gets signed, which I, I agree, Evan, I do think it's seems inevitable. I mean, that's too strong of a word, but there's just so much working in both camps favor in terms of wanting to work out a deal that I think it does get done, but I don't think it's going to be one where they announce it. It's going to be eight years at, eight and a half, 8.88 or something like that. Right. Like, I think it's going to be probably double digits. It's just, how much is it going to be? Is it going to follow maybe some guys like Huberdo, or is it probably a little bit more considering the fact that Pasternak's younger, more established goal scorer, all those other things. So eight, eight years, 88 million. That would make a lot of sense. Right. It would, that'd be perfect. You know, a couple extra box of pasta in there as well. I mean, it really just kind of sweeten the deal. I do think though, Again, like a guy like Poshnok doesn't grow on trees. I know that's obvious, but finding a lethal goal scorer who is, you know, uh, loves the area, good leader, like all of those things, you can't just go out and find that guy. And that's why, like, if it did get to the point where you have to trade him, you would have to do a full rebuild, um, most likely. I don't know how you would not in that case. Like, I guess maybe you could do a Matthew Kachuk-like deal and get, like, pieces back for Poshnok who would be on this roster. Again, that is that is so hard to do with cap gymnastics. You also have to factor in that, you know, hopefully fingers crossed the cap keeps going up. So even if Poshnok's number is not a hometown discount, like I think most people have gotten accustomed to around here. I do think that as the cap raises, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, that money gets a little cheaper and cheaper. Now, is it going to be like Marshan's, you know, current contract that looks ridiculously cheap? No, it it won't be that, you know, it just won't be. Um, But I do think that a guy like Pasternak is, going to you know it's not going to kill you um but i don't think it's going to be as cheap as people were maybe hoping it was going to be um because there's a lot of times i remember people are like you know maybe he'll sign for like you know as you said like 8.5 a year or something and you're pulling up the quotes of him being like i don't play money i don't play hockey for the money bruins would love that but yes and again <laughs> i i don't think pasternak's his overall mantra is just what the final you know payout is going to be but let's read the market let's also you know have him sign what he's worth and he's going to be worth a lot of money. Yes. Uh, he will be worth quite a bit of money. If he wants to feel really good, right? Like if David Poshnok wants to make sure he feels good all the time, he would go check out our friends over at athletic greens. I started taking AG one because I wanted better gut health and I wanted more energy. I don't drink coffee. I don't use caffeine because I wanted healthier, natural energy. I know you can't believe it. And AG1 has been providing it in droves. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. And there, see, that's what happens. Oh my God. Athletic Greens. Boom. Every morning. Just, it sends you straight to the tropics. I mean, just mind-blowing stuff. Mind-blowing Really, I shouldn't have worn a flannel. No, I'm you gotta take that I'm sweaty off. as hell I mean, right now. I'm you sorry. gotta put sunglasses on, a, oh, a hat, you know, sunscreen. Anyways, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, not only are you transitioned to the tropics, but you're absorbing 75, yes, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. But helps them all. It's lifestyle. Gosh. I know <laughs> everything. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, it contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting really good. This is as pure as it gets. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. Just one scoop. 
No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, because we want to send you to the tropics, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. I know people are loving this. Like they're really enjoying it. Now you're on the moon, which is even better. I mean, you're just, you're, you're transitioning. I'm not really on today. the moon per se. I think I'm just floating in space. Like. Maybe you're following as well. I was thinking maybe, you know, the angle you were like on the moon, that's earth in the background, kind of like Neil Armstrong. That, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not John Glenn over here. So yeah. You know <laughs> Who knows? You get tons of fun backgrounds. I got to get a cool background. People should recommend what I have as a background, but I like mine, you know, it's so hip and happening um anyways <laughs> yes. uh mark mark speaking of hip and happening mark mclaughlin um mark mclaughlin in the uh, preseason game on saturday uh put up a couple of goals and he's been pushing in camp uh all se- you know all camp long uh he's been terrific and he was good at the end of last year he couldn't stop scoring td garden that's the thing they should just play mark mclaughlin in home games that is it just a 41 this, game slate. Yeah. Yeah. And he has 41 goals. <laughs> Just go over game. Perfect. Um, but I think the big thing that's coming out of this is he's making roster decisions really hard. Now he can go down to Providence without issue. You know, you don't have to put him through waivers. Uh, however, he's playing well and he was good last year. And, you know, he wouldn't, he'd make a lot of sense on that fourth line. Uh, do you think he makes the team out of camp? I mean, I think he's making a really compelling argument. We'll see. We're recording this on Monday evening, so we'll see how he does in this most recent preseason game uh, down in New Jersey. If he has another goal, I think it all but solidifies it, right? And They're I like, agree. oh, my God, I, he I, could I, score in away arenas, too. That, it's a complete game changer, Evan. So I, I think when you look at just his spot in the lineup, I agree that probably going into camp, he would really needed to kind of wow Jim Montgomery and the coaching staff to warn us on that lineup because, as you said, when you compare him to maybe a guy like Stadnika or Oscar Steen, especially, who's probably another guy that's vying for that probably fourth line uh, right wing spot. Uh, the fact that he can go down to Providence McLaughlin without having to go through waivers is kind of the the main kind of a uh, game changer in terms of who earns that spot. And you can make the argument of, let's say both him and Steen had really strong camps. All right. We send McLaughlin down to the AHL, give him top six minutes down there for a month or so, see how he does. See, we have up the NHL with Steen and kind of go from there. But, you know, Steen scored that shorthanded goal, I think, was against the Rangers last Tuesday. But other than that, really hasn't been super noticeable. And I think McLaughlin, you see him out there. Uh, obviously, he's, uh, you know, he's shown ability to score at the NHL level. He's got a sneaky, really good shot, smart two-way guy. And you look at, especially we've talked about it before last week with, you know, a guy like A.J. Greer and the way that Montgomery might fashion that fourth line, not as just a, defensive, you know, shutdown line or a line that just kind of accounts for the other team's top line. If it's an energy line that can give you a spark, not just in the way that you, you play defensively, but by also capitalizing on the other end of the ice, uh, a fourth line that's Greer, Stadnika, and all of a sudden a, a McLaughlin a guy who, if he's in there every day and is getting more confident, can be a 10 goal scorer at least, right? When you look at just with the release that he has, um, that, that would fit in with what they're looking for. They want to really kind of change the outlook of that fourth line. So I definitely think he's in the running. I mean, it's, it'd be a spot where maybe that warrants sending Steen down to Providence and you have to run the risk of going through waivers, but 
Jim Montgomery, and you're looking for the best players available. I think McLaughlin's right there in terms of that fourth line, uh, right wing spot. And Montgomery said, you know, since he got here, so much about guys getting to the front of the net, going to those dirty areas, you know, uh, screening the goalie. McLaughlin can do that. Like, that's the thing with him. And, and I think that's one thing where it's hard to, uh, you know, again, it doesn't, you know, he can go to Providence for his, it's, it's kind of the same with Lysel, where like, you know, it's okay to go to Providence. It's not the end of the world. You know, you'll develop down there. Maybe it might even right. be better for your development. But if he's ready now, it's hard to kind of put that on the back burner for, you know, veterans or guys you're still kind of waiting to see from. And I think Steen fits that a little bit. I mean, Steen isn't like Nosek or Felino, but I think Steen right. is, he's not, you know, fully young. I think Steen is still kind of in that middle group where, you know, you're, you're, you're still waiting to get something consistent from him. Cause remember last year with Steen, there were pockets where like, it was like, okay, like he can, yeah. he can play every night. And then there were nights when it just, you know, you didn't notice him. And so I think with a guy like McLaughlin, there might be a higher chance of noticing him every game and, you know, having an impact. Um, but again, you got to give everyone kind of that their shot. And that's why it's tough for guys like Chris Wagner in this yeah. and others where it feels like, you know, we're talking a lot about AJ Greer and McLaughlin and Steen and Beecher and Stadnika. And we're not saying much about, you know, Wagner or like Vinny Letary or, you know, certain guys like that, where it feels like, I don't know, they just, they, they have younger, more dynamic options down there. Um, and again, I think these guys will all get looks throughout the year. You know, all of them will. Um, yeah. But I just don't, I don't know. I mean, where, where are you at with the fourth line? Cause we talked about this on poke the bear, but it feels like it's an ever changing thing. Yeah. I mean, right now we'll see how, you know, the, the pieces maybe change based on how it looks after this game against New Jersey. But if you have to think right now, like who I think would make the best fourth line or, or maybe the best bottom six, uh, I think probably in terms of getting that ceiling with a little bit more of an offensive pop um, I'd go Greer, Stanika, McLaughlin right now. I mean, I think you got three guys there that, can bring you energy, have more of a higher end, uh, you know, higher offensive scaling when you've seen in the past. That's not to say that these guys are all going to, you know, post 30 points out of the fourth line spot, but if they can all give you consistent energy and 25 points, you know, 20 points, um, I think you'll gladly take that. That's kind of where the fourth line is changing. It's not so many all fourth line, all grinders, just seeing more of it being kind of that able to PK, pesky, you know, uh, fast skating forwards that can kind of do a little bit of everything out there and support kind of the big guns in your lineup. So um, that'd be my fourth line. And honestly, I think Felino is probably making this team, but if you ask me who I would want to be the extra forward, I'd probably say Chris Wagner. I think he's been awesome for what his role is so far in the preseason. You know, he's a guy that spent most of last year in Providence. I know how the cap works out in terms of what they say by sending him down there. But uh, if you're looking for just a guy that you can put in the lineup when needed, add some physicality. I mean, he's got 16 hits in two preseason games, been physical. He's been everything you kind of want in that extra forward, a, a veteran guy that can do some PK work, but we'll kind of see how it all kind of pans out because I think as long as you have guys like Felino and Nosek in front of him, uh, it's still going to be tough for him, a guy like Wagner, to try to leapfrog those guys on the depth chart. But that'll be my early look at the fourth line. Safe bet that they'll, they'll find some combination on the fourth line at some point. We're talking really safe bet. We're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Football's back, as you all know, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your bet, uh, football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest uh, football odds, news, and game matchups, including week five matchups, which are coming up. Week five. It's wild that we're week five. 
five free travel packs week five. Uh, Bet online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. You can you can look but after the Patriots game this past week. You can look at the score a little bit, and a little surprise there. Uh, always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including uh, the end of the ML- MLB season, MMA, uh, tennis, boxing, golf, and some NBA and NHL futures. Uh, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive those rewards. Bet online, where the game stats, where the game stats. So um, I've been reading these previews for the season from different national outlets. I saw Jay Fresh on Twitter had kind of his model predicting. Maybe these aren't previews or more what the models I know the athletic has one Jay fresh has one. There are others, but I'm going to kind of focus on those two and just kind of the, the tenor I'm seeing on Twitter and which is sometimes a bad idea, I guess. Um, but I will say that all these previews and opinions, you know, people are kind of high on the Bruins and I don't mean high in a bad way. I mean, like from where they were during the summer where it was like, Oh, the Bruins might actually be like heading for a rebuild to now. I mean, Jay fresh, his model has, uh, the Bruins in first place in the Atlantic, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Athletic has the Bruins over 100 points. Uh, at least the model does. And I just feel like people are kind of seeing, okay, Krejci's back, Bergeron's back. You know, they have some injuries at the start, but you know they're pretty stout in net. And they have good forward depth for the first time in a long time where it feels like, I mean, maybe it's, we're just kind of being in the moment, but I feel like their third and fourth lines, the combinations of players they could put together, they have more options than they have in the past bunch of years. They have a new coach. Like it feels like people are kind of coming around on them. And we were saying this about a month ago when right before training camp, we were like, you know, everyone's saying like the Bruins are going to be like squeaking in, but if they can find a way to not just tread water, but you know, if they can be solid without, you know, with their injuries and then those guys come back, like there's a chance. I, there's a chance they could be first in the Atlantic. Second Atlantic, which again, people are like, whoa, no, they stink. And it's like, no, no, no. Like when you look at the whole picture, they're, they're not bad. It's a pretty good team, right? Yeah, it's it's shocking how like saying they're going to be a good team that's going to make the playoffs is like a hot take. But as you said, I, I think the biggest thing is just how they do in these first month or so of how they can kind of tread water. And it helps that I think they've got a pretty light schedule to open the year. You get to November, that's when you hit that like marathon of pain where it's, you yes. know, they play Colorado and Carolina and Tampa twice. And they get Cassidy wild. twice as well. So yeah, they'll have they like the Vegas Cassidy twice, revenge so, tour. So that will be, yeah, I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. It's going to be daunting. And I think for Bruins fans, it's all about keeping a measured take in terms of how they respond down the stretch. This is a Bruins team that even when they've been rolling, usually catches fire in the second half anyway. There's been plenty of times we look at them in November and we're like, is the, are they running, is the, the window closing? Or are they running out of steam? Uh, Expect that this year because, again, you can only do so much to account for the losses of guys like McAvoy and Marshan, and now who knows how long Hall's going to be out with that upper body injury. Um, but as you said, I, I think you look at just um, the fact that you still have a lot of those key cogs still in place. When guys are back healthy, it's only going to help with McAvoy and Marshan and Hall. You've got Bergeron, who even at his age is coming up probably his best overall season, especially defensively. 
Um, it's crazy. You're not, you know, you yeah, you're not accounting for a full season of Hampus Lindholm. You're not accounting for, you know, how these other guys come back healthy, like a Grizzly, what, what have you, who's maybe in a, a less featured role now, which probably is better for him in terms of he's not getting maybe those minutes against other top uh, line forwards. You look at, um, I think the thing that, you know, the athletic point of two is the fact that, as you said, they have a lot more depth. And of course, Bruins fans might scoff at that. But as you said, if Stanika and McLaughlin and uh, Greer don't work out, they've got plenty of options. It's not like in years past where it's like, all right, we've got, you know, Wagner and Achari and Corrali and Nordstrom as the backup. And that's kind of what we got. I'm just going to keep on shuffling them around. Like they can switch up and do a whole bunch of different things. You look at, the ability to maybe if Lysel can join later on uh, during the season, you look at Craig Smith, if he can bounce back, Coyle, uh, Frederick, what kind of players see if he doesn't work out, can Greer move up? Like you, you can all across the depth chart, you have a lot more guys that could take either slight, you know, steps forward or at least regress back to their mean and can make a world of difference for this team. Look at even a guy like DeBrusque. Um, so I think you look at just, oh, and also we're not even talking about Swayman. And Omar, who, like, yes. again, Swayman, I don't know how you don't expect him to at least take another promising step forward there. So you talk about that along with the fact that you look at the rest of the Atlantic, it's very good. It's probably still the best top to bottom talent-wise, but I don't know. Like, I, you just look at the fact that people are worried about uh, Ottawa and Detroit, and I think they're going to be better. There's no question. Like, Ottawa is not the tomato can they used to be, right? Like, they're going to they're gonna take a good step forward, but... Let's see. We look at Florida, who had about, what was it, like five or six guys that shot like above like 20%. Oh, my God. That was the most perfect storm of players I think I've ever seen on a team before. Yeah. Like, there's going to be at least some regression there. And again, you can talk about Matthew Kuchuk and how hard he is to play against. Um, You know, you swap out a guy like Huberto for him, whatever you want to call that a wash. Um, Who's the best defenseman after Ekblad? Oh, my God. I, I, it's, I, is it, you know, that you can't name one. I mean, like, yeah. Mark Stahl? <laughs> like, I mean, you got that. You have Toronto, who, again, forwards, we're not going to, you know, we're they're, they're legit. Their defense has gotten a lot better, which used to be their Achilles heel, but their goalies are Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, and they literally were talking about playing Mitch Marner on, like, defense at one point. Yeah. Like, was that real? That same, was a real tweet, right? Uh, I think it was, right? Like that. I hope. I, 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 first thing was I, like, I really hope it wasn't, because I know that, like, I know that PFT commenter has done a few things where he's like made uh, like fake stories and people have run with it. Cause it, it seems like an official story, but would it surprise you if they were doing something like that? No, no, not at all. Like, no, not even close. And again, Sam Sonoff and, and Matt Murray. So you got that. And again, Tampa, Tampa's Tampa, but their second line at this point is what, like Nick Paul, Colton, like, is it like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else is he? Brendan Hagel. And they'll still find Super a way later to that team. That's the worst that team, part. They'll still yeah, find I mean, a way like, to produce. They, they will still be good. Vasilevsky is still Vasilevsky, but sooner or later, the, the engine has to run out for that team in terms of just making the, the cup final every year. Like, they are due for a second round exit or something like that. And that's again, not to say the Bruins are all of a sudden going to be this juggernaut, but in terms of people thinking the Bruins are going to be a punching bag or they're going to get leap, you know, leapfrogged by a team like Ottawa, I don't think it's going to be the case. And again, they're. Hockey, it's as long as you have a good team, a lot can happen. There'll be a lot of, you know, jumping up and down the standings. But you look, just look at this Bruins team. As long as they can kind of get through those, you know, shaky first month, month and a half, it's a team that's still anchored by a lot of elite talent with probably a lot more depth behind them. And you're not even factoring in 
uh, Montgomery's impact or, or, you know, the strides that maybe some of these other players can take like a Swayman. And if all those things work out, you've got a pretty good team on your hands. And it's what we say all the time. As long as your team's good, you're in the mix. So we'll see how it kind of uh, rolls from there. Well, again, I, I would, I don't think it's crazy to say that once Marshan and McAvoy get back, they might be the most stable team. They have no real holes. I, I, I don't see a huge hole. At least, I mean, again, maybe I, I just, there's no hole in this lineup that I look at and go, okay, they're, they're going to, ha- and I wrote this question down actually for a season preview episode, which we'll get to later on, maybe next week, but what will they need to do with the deadline? I don't think there's a clear thing right now, right? Like in past years, it's been, oh, they need a top six forward. Oh, last year they need a top four left shot defenseman. Um, they don't have one this year, at least that I can see, unless someone, unless they suffer a huge injury or someone gets a huge setback or like Jake DeBrusque doesn't produce, but even then you have Fabian Lysette, like they have stuff. The Leafs don't, the Lightning don't, the Panthers don't. The Panthers on D, uh, the Leafs in net, and the Lightning are getting older, and it seems like offensive depth is just not really their thing after they lost Palat, and they continue to kind of lose guys every year. So, again, feels like the Red Wings, you know, as you said, young team, good core, like for the future, but probably not for this year. And the Senators, I don't, I'm not ready to take them fully serious yet. Their starter is uh, Camp Talbot, correct? Is it oh, right? I like even forget. It's like how is it is it? every year for like football season where I lose track of where all the quarterbacks are. The quarterbacks are Carson Cam Talbot's Wentz like, is Cam, Cam Talbot's like is, Carson yeah. Wentz of, of the NHL where he's just kind of like, you know, like he, he's on a new team every year. You, you can't track them. And so I just, I, I look at the team like the senators and I just think they're going to be good. They'll give you some fits here and there, but I don't, I see them maybe competing for a wild card spot, but I don't see them, you know, really hampering your chances throughout the year. So again, I I think people are right to say the Bruins are going to be good because I think the Bruins will be good. And guess what? It'll be a massive disappointment if they're not right. Like if this last dance turns out to be, you know, if they are fighting for a wild, a wild card spot, this has been all for nothing is, you know, I guess the only benefit you got out of it was like, you know, you delayed your center problem for another year, but again, they have the ingredients to make this work. I think that's the biggest thing. And they've come a long way. Since during the summer when we were like, this could be a rough one. This could be the first really rough year. And it isn't, it's not turning into that. I don't think we're just kind of, you know, stuck in the moment. I think they are genuinely really good top to bottom and you should have high expectations for them. And we'll get to expectations like next week, but um, you should have high expectations for them. Anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at BSJ? Yeah, we're going to continue to, you know, break down the final week of camp, look at uh, the final camp cuts, roster battles, all that stuff. It's hard to believe that we actually have legit hockey uh, next week. So I'll be down. Boots will be on the ground in D.C. for that, uh, covering uh, their season opener down in Washington. So we'll have full coverage from there. As you said, previews, predictions, all that good stuff from the days leading up to it. And throughout this 82-game season and beyond, we'll have you covered every step of the way with recaps, columns, features, all that good stuff over at BSJ. So please subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 